This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. Great way to finish out our last half hour, double dose of Kent Swig. He is president at Swig Equities, a real estate development and investment firm focusing on commercial and residential properties here on the East Coast, some on the West Coast. Company, by the way, uh, has purchased and or developed in excess of $3 billion of office properties. So they certainly understand this market and a lot more. Kent with us back on the phone in New York City. Kent, nice to have you here. It really is a nice way to wrap up my Monday. How are you? I'm doing well, and it's nice to hear your voice, Carol, on the phone. Well, I'm so, doing well. Well, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, you know, we have checked in with you several times during the pandemic and over the past year. How do you feel like things are? Because it felt like last week for me, just going in and out of New York City, it felt like the city was reopening. Yeah, well, it seems like spring has sprung, so <laughs> things are things are a little bit better. Um, I, I personally feeling better that I've had my rabies shots or my vaccine. Um, and uh, so I've, I've traveled. I went, I was in San Francisco this weekend visiting my brother who I haven't seen in 14 months. And wow. I went for the weekend and came back. And so that's certainly a novel new thing that I haven't done in a year. Um, so I'm feeling better. Well, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Me too. I'm double vaccinated and feeling pretty good about that. Uh, almost out of my two week after my second shot. So just waiting for that to wrap up. You know, you and I, we've talked about hybrid. We've talked about what happens to real estate. Is there anything from we talked about in pandemic, how things are going to change a lot? Any of that going to, you think, ultimately stick with us? And I know we've had this conversation before, but I think the further we go along, we get a better idea of whether or not things change, whether or not things stay the same or whether things maybe change a little bit. Well, it's it's a perfect question and very interesting because there's a little irony in what's going on today. Um, yes, I believe that 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 high, some form of hybrid working um, will be here with us for for a long time. You know, if if, if somebody has a hundred emails to do one day and they don't want to go in the office and it's more efficient to sit at home, fine. Um, but I'm a big believer in offices and its productivity and all that. The irony is this. Um, all the people in the offices, you know, the companies are saying mm-hmm. the reason we could have hybrid working is because of all the technology. You know, there's the, the Google technology, Zoom technology, Facebook, etc. And yet, if you look at the technology companies, Facebook, who took 1.7 million square feet in Hudson Yards, in, in, and it's being built out, not yet occupied, took another 900, 800,000 square feet in July uh, at the Farley office building right here in New York, um, which they will not occupy for years. Google hiring 10,000 new workers, all going to be in offices. <clears throat> Amazon bought the former Lord & Taylor building from WeWork. So all the technology companies are, are getting more office space for their workers because they know that productivity, efficiency, opportunity, and creativity cannot be achieved from home, but must be achieved in the workplace. And yet, it's the office people that are saying, because of technology, we, can. we actually could work better from home. So it's a very interesting thing going on right well, now. Well, it's funny. Somebody said to me, you know, you just wait for, like, among the financial firms or something, that somebody, you know, comes out and got some big deal or some underwriting that they're going to do just because they got on a plane and flew somewhere and got the customer and they got the client, that all of a sudden everybody's going to be like, you know what, this hybrid stuff doesn't work, this Zoom you know, meeting with clients doesn't work, that everybody will ultimately come back uh, as a result. Do you see it that way? I happen to, yes. I think Zoom will be helpful yeah. um, for in-between meetings. But let me tell you, if you're somebody in your 20s and 30s and maybe even into your 40s, 
How much network in your life do you have? How many people do you know in your life? The idea in your 20s and 30s is you go networking, you meet people in the the coffee station, in the elevator, etc. If you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s, you have a built-in lifetime of network. You can pick up the phone, you can talk to people, you can network. The the younger generation doesn't know anybody yet. So their opportunity to meet people and opportunity and creativity doesn't exist. So they're pigeonholed at home and they can't just go out and do things. So it does not work for that generation at all. Hey, just got about 30 seconds and we'll come back and talk some more. Give me a little teaser though. Does the way we use real estate, will it change? Yes. Hey, so Kent, so you teased so well before we went to break. I asked you, give me a little teaser about real estate and how it will be used. Will it be different? And you said, yes. So how will it change? So a couple ways. Uh, let's take residential and then commercial. Okay. Residential, um, the, the idea of a home office there, uh, is something that I think is very intriguing and very wanted by the by by the purchasing and renting population. Um, so if you look at some of these downtown major buildings that converted from commercial to residential, they have this dead, dead space or long corridors and they didn't know what to do with them. Now certainly there's a very big need for them because home officing is something that's very important um, with that because I think office space is also, the use of it is changing a little bit where we will have some hybrid offices, meaning hybrid uh, schedules, meaning that you'll work maybe four days a week and maybe one day at home or maybe half a day at home and therefore you need some place at home to work. So the residential will be impacted also with um, outdoor space clearly is needed. Balconies and terraces are very desired. And then secondly, in the office space, how does that change? Um, spacing around low low partitions uh, probably are not as desirable because high partitions seem to give a little bit both of privacy and air, you know, and, and air change, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and also, um, you know, having these big communal areas that used to be out there, which were, are still, I think, very much desired, maybe slightly less or slightly reconfigured to give a little more space, not just because of COVID, but I think that we're more sensitive to things like the flu season. Um, so I think our whole way of looking at, at health is going to impact ourselves. I think we will get beyond COVID, certainly, but the, the feeling we have about being concerned about health taking one's temperature before somebody goes in an office because of flu, not just COVID. I think all those things are going to be are, are, are going to affect us in our both our home life and our business life. You know, it's fun. We have a, a story out on the Bloomberg, and it says more Americans are leaving cities, but don't call it an urban exodus. And basically, they're saying that, you know, maybe you want to call it a little bit of an urban shuffle. You know, we've talked about mass moves to Florida, to Texas, and data shows that most people who did move stayed close to where they came from. Although I think in the Sunbelt regions that were popular even before the pandemic did, did see some gains. So there's a little bit of that going on. Has anything changed? change in terms of how you want to invest in real estate, how you want to develop real estate? Um, well, um, I'm still, I still love real estate. I still want to invest in real estate, and I still believe in real estate. Um, I'm check, also check, still check. a New Yorker. <laughs> I'm still a New Yorker, yes. and I want to stay a New Yorker. So all those people that moved to Florida, you know, okay for them. But come talk to me in July and August. Are you still down there? You're still living out there? I'm not so sure. Um, so, yes, people do move. People do react in major, major times of crisis. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Responses take time and thought. So, in my opinion, the response to COVID 
um, is going to make some impacts in here, but is it going to change real estate being used? We're all going to live somewhere. We're all going to work somewhere, and it will not be in the same place. Um, so I think we have to be more thoughtful about how we do things. Um, I will tell you, everybody, as I said before, is aware of health. Right. Um, so the flu that it used to be, you know, I'm a diehard worker. I'm coming to work today in spite of my 102 fever. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> no Stay thanks. Stay home and do us all a favor. So, I mean, th- those those wonderful things aren't going to happen anymore, right? So, so yeah. yes, we are going to change our way of life, but I don't think – um, I think that the, the the market went up certainly in residential in a lot of places, you know, like like Florida and others. And the question is, when things settle down and people miss their homes, like New York, does that mean that the residential will come back a little bit? As 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 the economy grows, will actually some places fall a little bit because they won't have that persistent people going in? Right. Possibly yes. Hey, just one last question, and just quickly on real estate. I mean, we didn't see, I think, the you know barrage of bankruptcies that we thought we were going to. Is it just going to happen later, or is it just not going to happen? Um, there are some 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 things that are in trouble, and I okay. think that that they're going to happen. Unfortunately, I think the hospitality industry is one of the most impactful areas, which is real estate and operating company. And and I think we're going to, that is going to go through a major change. And I don't know that all the hotels are necessarily going to come back in all the same places there were. Um, but the length of time that's occurred, you know, even though we're at the finish line, maybe in a marathon, mm-hmm. people have run 22 or 23 miles and people go, how, how can you not finish? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you only have three miles left. Well, no, yeah. they just ran a brutal 23 miles, and I think people forget the painful process that we've just gone through. So I'm not sure that everything is settled yet. All right, so i got to get to a story. i got about three minutes left here, uh, and I want to get to it. We ran a story by our Devin Pendleton. Talked about you specifically securing a minimum of $6 billion in gold reserves to back your new cryptocurrency. First of all, crypto, your son. Tell me the role that he had in kind of bringing it to your attention. Well, I have a son, two sons, Oliver and Simon. Oliver um, has been involved with cryptocurrency since he was in his early 20s, even though it's had a teenager in there. But, but um, So he'd been investing and doing things, and he certainly enlightened me to that. Um, then he used some of my money to go invest in some crypto, which he did. So mm-hmm. I'm certainly, I was aware of it. And I went on a board of a, of a business that, that was involved in crypto. Um, so I, I think I was attuned to it, and I, oh, I awakened, which is what it should happen from a younger generation. Right. Thankfully, the younger generation happened to be my son, so even better. So, I mean, it awakened me to see opportunity. Well, and so tell me about this stablecoin that you guys are doing. What, why go this direction? Um, what do you see as kind of where it goes specifically? And I'm just curious about the interest that you've gotten it, you know, are, are receiving in terms of investors already. Okay, so the initial thing is I'm a business person. Um, I look at things and I see things, and if I see a flaw or something that's interrupted, um, I like to go fix them to correct them. Um, So that application of a a talent, God willing, I have, can go in many different different, many different mm-hmm. industries. It happened to fall into crypto. I found an opportunity that existed. So um, my partner, Steve uh, Braverman, and I ended up buying a company, uh, at, which was a crypto company. One of the things, unfortunately, it had is that the keys to the controls um, were, were elsewhere, not just with us. So we had to shut down something, mm-hmm. uh, and, we're, and we're reissuing a new coin. 
and what what is the attraction what makes us a little different than just the typical crypto is number one we're based in the United States we recognize we're based in the United States right. um, the the gold that we have backing is in the United States we are voluntarily going in before the jurisdictional authorities and asking them to please legislate us and look over uh, us um, and so all the things that we're doing is open, transparent, and out there. The other thing that we're doing is we're offering a dividend right. to the crypto token holders. So we're treating this very much as a big business, open, transparent, United States-based, and and trying yeah. to apply those kind of things. So it's a little unique in that world. Well, we'll come have you back and talk a little bit more about that as well. Always good to get a gut check on what's going on in the world, uh, real estate and other. Kent Swig, thank you so much. Take care of yourself. President Swig Equities on the phone in New York City. For the Bloomberg Business Week team, have a great evening. I'm Carol Masser.